Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 135 in Edmonton. It's an off day for the Oilers in between game six and game seven, baby. If I may quote Evander Kane. Game seven, baby. Tomorrow night, 820 puck drop right here on 630, Chad. Plenty of pregame coverage following the six o'clock news. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Bob Stoffer, Cam Moon, who is right beside me right now. They'll all help set the table for Edmonton's. Uh, well, they're actually, Cam, there haven't really been that many game sevens in Oilers history hosted in Edmonton, right? Just four in 84 over Calgary. The Oilers defeated Calgary. They were up 3-1 in that series. Calgary won uh, games five and six, and the Oilers won in game seven. 86, which was against Calgary, which we don't need to talk about anymore. (laughs) 87 against the Flyers in the Stanley Cup final. And uh, 1990, when the Oilers came back from down 3-1 to the Winnipeg Jets, they won 4-1 in that uh, game seven. When the Jets, for some reason... Uh, they uh, they started Stefan Beauregard in goal for Game 7 when uh, Bob Essenza had been the guy. I don't know. I think they overthought it. And uh, Mark Lamb scored a, a big goal. I remember that one in uh, in that Game 7. But, yeah, this is this would be the first one at home, anyway, since 1990. They've played six of them on the road. And you said you were there at these games. as You were in-house yeah. as a young moon. Yes, as and a young moon. So, uh, <laughs> as a new moon, you might say. It's a full moon Newer. tonight. Yeah. I think it's, it, not only is it a full moon tonight, by the way, but it's yeah. Friday the 13th. So, oh. we've gone this far in the show without mentioning that. <laughs> nothing weird. Nothing no, weird nothing will happen. Weird at all. But, you know, take me inside Northlands Coliseum yeah. for at least what you remember of those games. Because I can only imagine the atmosphere that we're going to experience tomorrow night. Yeah. I was I was very fortunate. Uh, my dad took me actually to all, all four of those, and those are like memories that you'll all cherish forever. But I, the first one I remember that the Oilers had given up that three-one lead, and I remember being nervous because Edmonton had lost in the Stanley Cup final the year before. This really felt like it was their year, and they didn't want them to lose in the second round to Calgary. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so, but then, I mean, they pulled away and it, it wasn't in doubt. The, the one in 86 was, it was horrific. 
it, you know, they, yeah. you know, the the goal off yeah. uh, the back of the foot. But they still had a lot of time. That was the thing. Like it wasn't like there was two minutes left. There was a lot of time left in the third period. And Mike Vernon made saves, or or it would hit a leg or a stick or whatever. It wasn't meant to be. Uh, the '87 was magical. It was May 31st. I remember the day. I remember what it was like. I remember the weather. I remember everything about it. And and the game was in the balance until Glenn Anderson scored the goal when he went five hole on Ron Hextall and Rexall went crazy loud, like deafening loud, because it was over. Like there there wasn't a lot of time left, and it was three one, and it was done. And and I agree with Bob Stoffer always says it that he he feels the eighty six eighty seven team was the best Oilers team of all time, and I agree with that. I know it went to seven in uh, in the Stanley Cup final but still and the uh, the series with Winnipeg the Oilers were down 3-1 it was a first round series and it looked like they they may get upset in that first round and then they dialed it in Billy Ranford was out of his mind played so well down the stretch of that series and uh, the Oilers won it it was great what are your memories of a game seven? If you have any, let us know. 780-496-0063. Or you got something to weigh in on as far as the current iteration of the Oilers goes. Well, we'll start with Alex on line number one. Alex, a couple comments. Looks like uh, on Kane and yes, Apoyarvi. How's it going today? Really well. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Oh, doing great. Thanks. What's on your mind? Well, they don't get this far without Kane. Seven goals. I know, obviously, McDavid's been the horse, but uh, if you don't have the finish that Kane has, and i got to tell you, I never thought this guy would be this good. Like, I, I never really watched him <clears throat> during his career, of course, you know, And um, but he's everything I ever thought he'd be, or or he's, he's over... Uh, he's overachieved as far as I'm concerned, and, uh, well, if he keeps it going, and you know, and uh, so... You know, obviously, we want to see him get re-signed, and hopefully, they can do whatever, you know, within reason what they can do. Because eh? I know one thing: there isn't one fan in Northern Alberta. I work up in the oil patch, and we watch the games together in the rooms. Now that uh, you know they allow us, and uh, there isn't one guy up here who would who would uh, wouldn't want him back. I tell you that. Um, a question I had though is, what's going on with Poovy Arby? I know he's not quite right, and. If he's only playing four or five games, would you scratch him, and who would you have him come into the lineup? And I'll uh, I'll get off the air and let you answer, and thanks for having a great show. All right, appreciate that. That's Alex calling in today. And uh, let's start with Kane and just say that I, I tend to agree in the sense that I didn't really know exactly what the ceiling for this player would be because I didn't spend a great deal of time watching him while he was in Buffalo or San Jose. You always saw him on the highlight package, whether it was uh, you know for a fight or a goal or, or what happened you but now that you get to see him on a night in night out basis i think that his game taylor made for playoff hockey and we're seeing the results right now i was so impressed with the, not just what he brings offensively i mean that you see it and you're like wow and you knew he was pretty good offensively but that physical element to the oilers top six that you know when you bring in zach hyman in the summertime that adds to it and now halfway through the year or so and in comes evander kane and adds more to it. That makes this team so much better and, and certainly much better in the playoffs when that aspect of the game ramps up. Because he's done so well, I, I mean, there's going to be, I would think, multiple teams in on bidding for his services. And because of that, I, I honestly, I think it's unlikely that he's back here next year because of it's going to be a, a high price tag. 
and uh, the Oilers would have to move some things around to make it happen. But uh, and and quite honestly, he's going to get to choose from how many different places. He will. I would think. This has been a really good fit for him as a hockey player as yep. well, though. And I don't know that he, uh, in what could be his final contract as an NHLer, is I would rather give myself a good chance of winning the Stanley Cup playing left wing with either McDavid or Dreisaitl than I would rolling the dice on being the man somewhere else. And I do believe that there is a route to get this done without having to trade away Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but it's going to mean being okay with not having someone like Yessa Pugliarvi around this team next year because they're going to have to I don't know if they're qualifying him or they're going to have to re-sign him but bottom line is they need to to pay him next year and I just don't think that that's going to work and to Alex's second point here where has Pugliarvi been in the five and a half minutes that he played in game six or in the seven and a half minutes that he played in game five I've seen him really struggling to even negotiate the ice surface cam. I see a player who's very tentative about where they are. I see a player who is reluctant to win a foot race to be part of the physical battle that's there. I think he's a lot more eager to reach in with his stick and and throw himself off balance and end up falling over. I know I took a lot of heat for suggesting that if he had gotten the puck out of the zone in the first place early in the game, five maybe it's a different story maybe the the tone is set differently and maybe it's not and Duncan Keith needed to clear the puck too but you know Pugliarvi is a player who if he's healthy right now is playing the worst hockey that I've seen him play in a long time but I don't think he's healthy and he's just having a hard time getting around out there yeah I, I don't know uh health wise what the situation is at all uh I liked him a little better last night than I did in game five um I I think he'll stay in the lineup, though. Yeah. I, I really do. Um, and I honestly, I think tomorrow night is going to be a three-line game. Like I don't know that uh, that Yessa Puliarvi and and Zach Cassian see a lot of ice time, especially if it's really tight. And and I wouldn't be surprised if the the top nine are mixed and matched in similar fashion, like they were in Game Six. So that's very, I don't know that you're going to see three set lines rolling over. I, I would think there'll be a little bit more of the same to keep the Kings off beat. Yeah, and maybe that was the first time this series where we really saw Woodcroft take a bit of a bite out of this coaching matchup between McClellan and 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 the student of McClellan, if you will. And and to me, you know, there's a certain amount that you can read into that, but at the same time, Woodcroft has been his own coach for a number of years now, applying his own craft, figuring out the, the way that he wants to play. And I thought it was a great counterpunch in that deployment last night that even while Los Angeles had the ability to throw their guys out there second and, and had the line matching advantage, they were still on their toes because of the way that Woodcroft was rolling them over the gate. Well, yeah, because you're, you're, if you're the if you're uh, trying to match and all of a sudden you see a different trio than you expect because it's not the same it's not the same three that were just out like that had been out previously. He keeps mixing them up. It's tough to match against that. And I also think it's, I don't, you know, Darnell Nurse comes back, which is outstanding, and you expect him to eat up a lot of ice time. And the defense was, I thought, really good 
last night, and Brett Kulak's been very good for the Oilers, but Chris Russell had such a good game, it's difficult to take him out. So if they went 11-7 and again, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, it wouldn't at all. Yeah. They, they have used that as a way to get to their baseline. I think that that's where they, that's what they were doing when they were building up towards this baseline that we now know that they can play like. They were rolling that 11 and 7 look and and then when things changed health-wise, they kind of rolled back to 12 and 6, but if they wanted to have both looks in their back pocket for a time like this, and guess what? You're in game 7 and, and now it could well come into a serious effect, especially with the last change. Yeah, especially with the last change. And if you have a guy on the back end that isn't uh, having the best night, well, you can you can definitely make up for that having the seven and then bumping one down. And yeah, and and I guess you know the health of of Leon Drysaddle comes in as a factor as well. But uh, I assume that it would take an incredible amount to to hinder him in a game seven. I know how motivated uh, he is to have team success, so uh, I expect him to be all in tomorrow. Haji has texted us at 780-496-0063 saying there's no doubt that Connor went supernova last <laughs> night. But I think the entire team's commitment to team defense, especially in the absence of Nurse, was just as important to the team's success in Game 6. It's vital that this commitment to a defensive system is adhered to from the drop of the puck in Game 7. The team doesn't fall into its past tendency of either cheating for offense or trying to run out in front of that loud and exciting crowd. It's good text. That's a, that's a yeah. very good text. There's a lot to that that makes a lot of sense. And there was a little bit of cheating for offense. Well, and I also thought, well, I thought there was to some degree on the, the second Kings goal. Uh, when it looked like they were moving the puck up and they didn't. And it was a very, a very short, but it was a short little odd man rush, like from the top of the zone down Mm -hmm. but it it seemed like everybody figured that was about to start a rush and it didn't and yeah that one felt a little bit like it was a a shade of of cheating for offense in that case but yeah there's been a lot less and and defensively I thought they played well they were on the right side of the puck and they made the they didn't give up a lot of really good chances although Mike Smith was was dialed right in so yeah, that you're going to have to do that tomorrow night. That's going to be uh, absolute uh, right at the top of the of list of things to do tomorrow. Another good text here from Mark in St. Albert says, uh, an absolutely fantastic performance by the Oilers and an epic one by Connor. Props to the decor that played significantly better, especially Duncan Keefe. Yeah, Kane he was, was good. Kane was a rock star as usual, says Mark, and there's some hope that we'll actually get to see this Flames matchup in round two. First time since, what, 1991, if that actually yep. comes to fruition. So about three decades in the making, and we know how that series has gone the last couple of years. So buckle your seatbelt if that comes to fruition, but each of these teams was something they got to take care of first. You mentioned Keith. That was a lightning rod player just two games ago. Now everybody's saying that he really stepped up in the absence of Nurse. Yeah, he did. He he had to play tough minutes yesterday, and he's been through these situations so many times, and it's, it is great to have that calming influence and that experience within the confines of the room and on the ice and on the bench. And, yeah, I thought he had... Yeah, he needed to have a, a bounce-back game, and they they needed the entire D core with Darnell Nurse out of the lineup. They needed a lot out of him. They, otherwise, it's over. 
But they gave him a chance. And even, you know, even still, it's tied in the third period until Tyson Berry gets that goal. But it, that defensive play gave him a chance. It did. And this, we haven't really honed in too much on this, but I do have a, an audio clip. Cody, maybe I'll get you to play this one again so it doesn't sound like it's half speed. But Jay Woodcroft answering the question as to why the team didn't challenge that immediate no goal on the goaltender interference call. And that was at a point in the game where I think it would have made it 3 nothing. And instead, uh, the game, you know, the game ends up getting settled essentially by a goal. So Woodcroft says they knew that it. No, you don't have it yet. Okay, I'll give you a little more time to dig it up. <laughs> Woodcroft was basically saying, like, we trust our video review guys that yeah. we've had, you know, in the team system for however long. Jeremy, Jeremy Kapal. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He, he's been lights out in terms of the challenges. So I think that he saw the initial bump in the back of Quick that kind of knocked him to the seat of his pants. And I think that you could make a case considering the original call on the ice was no goal. This is what Woodcroft had to say. Just experience and uh, listening to what our uh, video coach had to say. Uh, he's He's been unbelievable um, throughout his tenure in the National Hockey League and we trust it and we knew we were going to find a way to, to win without that call going our way. And they certainly did just that. So even though the LA power play isn't really uh, powerful, as it were, they didn't want to take... Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The risk, you understand that. It's 151 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon, back to wrap up the show after this. Let you in on a little secret. Sometimes Mr. Cam Moon and I will enjoy a slice of the greasy wheel. Oh, yeah. If you will. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. Even some Calgary locations these days, I'm told. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, you can go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stay in Oilers history is a fun time of year to be in this segment cam it's brought to you by new west travel this october travel on a private WestJet charter flight to cabot links in nova scotia for five days of golf at the number 10 golf course in the world bet you didn't know that was hiding here in the east uh, coast of canada details there newwesttravel.com 1987 glenn anderson has himself a game how about five assists as the oilers rallied from a 3-1 second period deficit they beat the red wings Six to three at Northlands. This was the team we were talking about. Yeah. Being loaded up. The Magic Man, Kent Nilsson, a couple uh, goals, couple assists too. Not too bad on this day in 1987. They advanced to play Philadelphia in the Stanley Cup Final. Booter, appreciate you sitting in, man. Thanks for having me. I guess we'll see you tomorrow. Game tomorrow. seven.
Game 7, Rogers Place. Uh, up next on 6.30, Chad. Well, you're here for Reed Wilkins later, 6 to 8 p.m. tonight inside sports. Global News weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Rob Breckenridge has you 2 to 3. And then Jay Lynn for the afternoons. So long. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad.